The new presenting sponsor for On Education is Classcraft. Are you looking for a way to engage and connect with your students? Then this is the perfect time to try Classcraft, and we have a limited time offer to help you get started. Simply go to classcraft.com slash oneducation, and you will receive the first month free on a monthly premium subscription. To get started, go to classcraft.com slash oneducation. Our kids, the current generation of students that we teach are going to be the first students to live and work on Mars. Welcome to On Education. I'm Mike Washburn. And I'm Glenn Irvin. Friends, we have an awesome pod for you today. We will discuss the purchase of Flowcabulary by Nearpod and the amazing first images of a black hole taken this week. And we have two amazing guests this week, Claudio Savala Jr. and Amy Cooper. So you didn't know much about Flowcabulary before this not, week. Not Is before that right? this week. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So, so it's, pretty, it's pretty awesome. I... We had a subscription um, at my school to Flocabulary, uh, and I'll tell you, man, the kids love it. It's friggin' great. I used it for um, so there's actually free content, and there's so it's rap videos, right? You know, okay. you, we figured it out at this point. It's so it's it's rap videos. They're based on um, different subjects. There's there's all kinds of them. over 1100 videos. I think they've made now, um, but they also make like a weekend review. So every week they release a new rap video, okay. kind of summarizing the news of the week, which is super cool. Very cool. Um, and, and yeah, they just got bought by Nearpod. So I assume what's going to happen is they're going to embed. Um, I, I don't really know. See, I don't really know how Nearpod's going to like put these in or work with vocabulary. Yeah. But but there's all of this content now that's I assume going to be part of whatever subscription you pay for when you have a Nearpod subscription. You're going to get this this vocabulary content included in that now, which is just makes Nearpod way better too. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, Nearpod has their highest level of subscription offers you the ability to basically use any of all of any and all of their lessons that they've pre created. So. I would imagine that they place all of these things also within it, yeah. within the platform. And then you're able to go ahead and drop those into your presentations, your slides as you actually go through them. Um, a question about that as far as the content in vocabulary. So there's a song as a specific topic and then the kids sing along or what's the, you know, kind of what's the premise I mean, so no, it's it's basically like an animated video with a rap song, like okay. with, that they've that they've made and produced. They have a, a you know a music and and someone to rap it. It's all different people. I assume they have a staff of people that that just rap for them, or they they get in as guests to rap for them. Um, and all different subjects. So they have a team of writers that that write based on whatever subject it is, and. Um, so they're just, they're kind of like little engagement pieces for, uh, based on content there. Some of them are a little bit longer than another. Some of them are, are short, just a minute or two, but some of them are like three or four or five minutes long. Sure. Um, they actually, one of the cooler pieces of content, if people didn't know this existed is actually free and just on YouTube, um, they worked with common sense media to do a bunch of digital, digital citizenship rap videos and there's one about sharing content that is free and awesome uh it's it's super good so i used to um put that into my um uh, my my lessons uh for digital citizenship uh when i was talking about social media um that that was my first experience with vocabulary was through this common sense media content um but they have all of this other stuff behind behind their their paywall i guess um, and now it looks like it's going to be included in in Nearpod. I mean, for as far as vocabulary is concerned, this is amazing for them because Nearpod is in, uh, I think, in the article that we'll put in the show notes on this from EdSearch, Nearpod is in 97 of the 100 largest districts in the United States um, as, as, paid, as paid customers of some sort. So... You know, there are like like you, there are people who had never even heard of vocabulary. And now 
I mean, their exposure is going to be through the roof. Um, oh, yeah, big time. Which is so good for them. Um, but I think what, like, uh, so one of the things that we saw just the other day, and we'll give a shout out to Andrew Aravello, um, because he, he had his kids doing rap videos inspired by um, Flocabulary, and that's a really cool extension of this idea. Um, uh, so so I think that that's, that's super cool. Um, and it's just one way that you can take these fun little engagement pieces and, and extend them uh, even further. I, I think this is an awesome deal for both of these folks, for sure. For sure. Absolutely. And and we'll keep an eye on them as they move forward and, and now their partnership together and then see how they're going to use that vocabulary content in within the Nearpod platform. We need to get vocabulary to do an on-education rap. I, absolutely. We can get him on <laughs> as a sponsor. <laughs> Let's jump I, on that. <laughs> it'd be amazing. Yes, it would. A, a flow cab wrap. That'd be sweet. Yep. Um, speaking of sweet, uh, let's do some space talk. We haven't done space talk in a while, Glenn. Well, it was huge uh, this week. Yes. Huge this week. So first image of a black hole uh, is pretty unbelievable. Um, it's hard to appreciate. It's hard to appreciate because it's just a picture of whatever. But this thing, this the black hole itself is absolutely monstrous. Uh, what they say, I can't even remember the number, the density of it related to our sun. Um, but I mean, this is a huge scientific achievement that um, proves a whole bunch of people, not the least of which Albert Einstein, to be completely correct, uh, and and is a, a giant scientific discovery. Yeah, the part that I really found just personally amazing, as far as within my own household, was my oldest son, Lysander, was describing the process uh, mm -hmm. to me because he's going to do a presentation at school about how long this actually took to make this a reality and then how many people it took in collaboration with scientists around the world and then how many uh, experts in uh, including Katie Bowman uh, experts in computer analysis to be able to go ahead and get these fragmented pieces of data because that's what I mean it, if you read this article it's pretty awesome that they just basically have all of these pieces of broken data they put them together and then are able to go ahead and and, and then make an image that we can actually see and I, what I didn't realize and this was told to me by my uh, 12 year old son that uh all of those pictures of black holes that I've seen previously were all just artist depictions. Yeah, not real. <laughs> I had no idea that that actually that there this was the first time there was actually a real uh, photo. Um, so pretty awesome stuff. And 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 uh, I actually watched her TED talk then along with my son. Very inspiring. It was previous to this actually happening. So it's really cool how it all comes together uh, for Katie Bowman and all of the scientists um, and and everybody that worked on this. It's just what a fantastic achievement. The uh, the there's a couple awesome pictures and, and actually I, I love that Katie Bowman has become like the the face of this project mm -hmm. because the both of the great pictures of this achievement uh, have her in them. Uh, the one is when she sees the picture for the first time and the obvious look of, you know, excitement, joy, you know, literally the culmination of your tires, life's work in front of you mm -hmm. is, I mean, the best. That's like the best picture. There's another picture of her, though, with the hard drives. And it kills me because it's there's five petabytes of hard drive space is what it took yeah. to 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 put together this picture and five petabytes. Just if someone uh, needs a, a, a fun comparison, that's. 5,000 years of MP3 audio. Wow. 5,000 years. That's insane. Of MP3 audio is, is how much five petabytes is. So it's, it's, it's a thousand pounds of hard drives hmm. <laughs> is what they needed to, to make this happen. So there's a great picture of her with all of, with, I don't know if that's all of the hard drives. It's clearly not because a thousand pounds is way more than what she's, she's showing in the picture but it's pretty amazing the the accomplishment in so many levels uh i'll tell you the things we can do man uh, I, I say it all the time but uh what an achievement so uh and and speaking of you know the things we can do uh the falcon heavy uh was launched spacex falcon heavy was launched again 
And uh, this time it had actually customer product, a, a satellite on it. Uh, so not a test launch, a real launch. Uh, and uh, for the first time, all three rockets landed, uh, which is, I mean, again, the things we can do, it's amazing that we can, and the sight of those two rockets coming down at the same time and landing on the on the the pads is just, I mean, I love that science is, science yeah, it's is a, becoming science fiction back to science. So, yes, it's just amazing. And space is becoming cool again. And like I the the things that are happening are just mind blowing. It's such a great time. It's it's such a cool time. And some of my talks that I give now, I have a little bit where I talk about how our kids, the current generation of students that we teach are going to be the first students to live and work on Mars. And, uh, you know, when you when you calculate kind of the time, you know, we're talking about like 2030, 2035, 2040. Those are our kids, the kids that we're teaching in elementary school right now there's no doubt that some of them are going to be living and working on Mars. And that is just an amazing thing to say and an amazing thing to think about. And it really reinforces how important our job is as educators to, to inspire these kids to remember that there's absolutely nothing that they can't do um, in, in the right um, environment with the right attitude and the right work ethic. So transition. I'm, Trans that was a transition right there. I'm so excited. I didn't even know what to say next. Game of Thrones is tonight, Glenn Irvin. Yes, it is. This is we're recording Sunday at about yes. one o'clock PM Central Standard Time. So I dreamt about Game of Thrones last night. That that's awesome. Uh I was I'm maybe you have pumped. maybe you already ready to, you were dreaming about the predictions here that we're <laughs> that we're gonna So have. we're gonna make we're gonna make some bold predictions. Uh, and you know, one of us, well, or maybe both of us are going to look real stupid by the end of this, but you know, oh, well. it'll be, it's fun it's anyways. Fun. So who, who cares? So I, I we have a couple questions. We're going to go through them, uh, and, and kind of talk to them a, a, a little bit. And we'd love for you to participate. So not only will some of these bold predictions be in chat on education this week, but you know, even though it's not related to the chat on education, it's related to the podcast and we can do whatever we want because it's our chat. What's up? So there's not only that, but we uh, want you to to just chime in. So on Twitter, uh, get after us if you don't agree with us and, um, you know, give and us your... if we're wrong. <laughs> sure. Give us your bold predictions as well. Uh, okay. So uh, my I, I'm up first. How creepy does brand get because i mean he his creep level is pretty high the eyes rolling behind his head oh my god like like it's intense is he a tree by the end of the show he's one of those trees with the kind of the blood seeping out of them or whatever it might be instead of sap like is he a literal tree or is he just like really really super creepy because that's what he's supposed to turn into at some point right is yeah. a, tr- a tree of some sort or something like that yeah, right or a bird or whatever he has he's the what is he the three-eyed raven oh or something like God. that um i would not be surprised if he was a tree by the end of the show <laughs> that's uh, like the second last scene is brand oh, yeah. just you know waving in the wind mm-hmm. um somewhere you know north of the wall or i don't know where he'll be but you know <laughs> I don't know. He won't be involved in it. He's just going to go off into his own little world, do his own little tree thing. And, and Man. you know, he's going to be like, there's a war happening, but I'm, or, not, I'm not involved <laughs> or or he's like super involved, maybe. And he's like the guy that ends it all because he has whatever these powers are. He's got some powers oh, and that's... they're mystical and they're mm. and they're growing. So who knows what kind of things mm. he might be able to do to that ice king. <laughs> Cool. Now I'm thinking. Yeah. Now I'm thinking that. Now I'm thinking. Brand creepy. Brand might be might be the savior. Might be the uh, the savior the to the whole who, kingdom. Boy, oh boy. Does does Brienne hook up with Jamie? No way. Really? <laughs> I, I saw that on the thing. I'm like, come on. You don't think so? She's gonna hook up with the uh, what's that guy's name? The the big guy with the burned off face. You just the hound. the hound. Yes, you go. There you go. The hound and Brienne. That's my prediction. Yeah. <laughs> so not not Jamie. No they, way. They won't. Nothing, eh? Okay. No way. I think, he'll I he'll think touch Brienne's her with his creepy gold hand. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie's in love with his sister. So yes. 
Jamie. <laughs> I, I think Brianne's going to hook up with Jamie. Okay. Well, we'll that's see. a good, that's a, that's a bold prediction. Bold prediction. Yes. So the next so, one of the big yeah. names. So we have these huge names. Uh, yes. Who dies first? So both, I think me and you agree, there's going to be someone that dies tonight. Episode. Someone has to die tonight. Episode They're... one, at least one person, but who's the first one to go ahead and, and die? And what's your prediction? Well, because of quantity, right? Yes. Like, I mean, there's probably uh, in the show, there's probably 20 big names. Yes. Like some are bigger than others, but there are 20 names that you can like think of. Probably. Yeah. It, yeah. I'm trying to think half of, of them. Like, half of them are going to kick the bucket. I'm, I'm thinking about super big names. So like, like the top 10. Like the Starks. And yes. The, right, yes. Okay. Yes. So, we, but yeah, because if I mean, other people are going to die and I don't think they're considered to be. Well, but anyway, you can. Throw out a prediction. Who do you think? So I think I I, I would love it if Clegang Bull happened tonight. Like like right at the start, <laughs> the mountain and the hound just going at each other. Um, Clegang Bull would be the dream come true. And at the end, you know, it's the hound standing over top of his brother, you know, with redemption and whatever. And um, you know, I think that that would be epic. That's going to happen at some, at point. some point. At some point, yeah. Clegang Bull is happening. The hound versus the mountain, it's happening and 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 the mountain is going down. Yes. I, obviously. I'm giving you a bold prediction. Actually, it's, I don't think any of the really, really big names will die tonight. Okay. That's the first thing. But the first okay. big character that will die. Are you ready uh-huh. for this? Uh-huh. Arya Stark. She's gonna no. die. Yes. Because no one wants it to happen. And she's such a She's such an awesome character and an awesome person. I think that episode two or three, something's going to happen. She's going to get killed in a brutal bat, a brutal scene, and and we're all going to be sad. <laughs> Arya Stark. Yes, that was, that's my bold prediction dust. right there. Wild. Yes. So we know Cersei is going down at some point. It, it might be right at the end, but again, she's another one that is obviously got to die. Yes. How much of the world does she take out in the process? Um, so <laughs> I mean that's funny, like a funny concept. Like she just she will she not just, go down without a fight. Yeah. I I mean, she already had such a huge scene though, you know? That's mm-hmm. you know, the the in in the last season where she blows everything up and everyone include <laughs> and everyone included in there. I just I don't know if she'll go down like that. I, I think that they might actually, it might be a little bit, actually, you know what would be awesome is a one-on-one battle with her and Daenerys. Oh, <laughs> baby. No dragons, no extra help. They just are sitting there with swords and they, they go at it. I don't one, know. 1v1. I don't think Daenerys can win a fight versus Cersei 1v1. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Interesting. I, I, I would, I, I, I suspect that she you know goes down in a blaze of glory somehow and blows up the entire uh i don't know maybe the whole red keep or something like that (laughs) yeah there's gotta be she's good at that i I just don't see i just don't see her going down without you know taking someone with her yeah maybe this is how like someone else dies maybe this is how like your Arya stark thing happens or yes or even though that being said i I don't think cersei dies early i think she dies in like episode five or maybe even right at the end of six like that's kind of the end yeah um but uh you know interesting stuff so who will be the winner who wins game of thrones um Good question. I was trying to think of like how will this all end? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like how will this all go down? And and my colleagues and I have a prediction that there's gonna be they're gonna you know that dragon that's now an ice dragon? Yes. Jon Snow's gonna lure that dragon back because he's basically undead, right? And now there's gonna mm-hmm. be Jon Snow, Daenerys riding a dragon. But the question is who will ride that third dragon? Because you know, you gotta have a dragon rider. So right. my pre- Tyrion Lannister. Yes, gotta be him. Gotta be Tyrion because he was uh, petting the dragons and they were actually not. Uh, they were uh, friendly with him, which is weird. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it would be there. Uh, as far as who's in the end, I mean, I'm hoping that Daenerys and, the, and Jon Snow are 
are there ruling the kingdom together. I mean, that's what we all want. We'll see what happens. I mean, that seems like that's what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And then Tyrion becomes like hand of the hand of the king. And that's how it all ends. Yeah. Them all kind of looking out into the, the burning city of Westeros, <laughs> or the burning city as you know, the Cersei took out as she was going down mm-hmm. and, you know, they're like, we got to rebuild now or something like that. Yeah, and then that, that's, that's how, what that's we all how want, it ends. but we'll see. So, <laughs> So yeah, friends. So there's there's some bold bold predictions. Game of Thrones starts tonight. Everyone should watch it and then uh, give us some feedback. Give us uh, give us their own. Pre- Obviously, by the time you're listening to this uh, Sunday, the episode has already happened. So uh, at least maybe I'll be wrong right away if Clegane Bowl doesn't happen. But someone's <laughs> dying tonight, so we'll just we'll just see who it is, and then we'll be able to talk about it, and it'll be. It'll be pretty damn exciting. Everyone's everyone's pumped. At least we're gonna break the least, internet tonight. That's what's gonna happen. At least at least Glenn and I are pumped, and this is our podcast. So. I think there's a lot of people pumped. This is gonna break a lot of records, yes, especially of pirating text. records. Lots of, <laughs> lots of lots of text messages in Twitter chats tonight. Yes. I suspect. Oh yeah. So we have two amazing interviews coming up back to back. We do this every once in a while, and it's just kind of lucked out. Uh, we're going to talk to Claudio Zavala Jr. And then we'll be joined by Dr. Amy Cooper. So stay tuned. Do you have plans to attend the ISTE conference this summer? Come one day early and participate in the best hidden gem conference in the United States. Badge Summit 2019 will take place on the Temple University campus in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania on June 22nd. There will be lots of wicked smart educators to collaborate with on topics such as digital badges, credentials, gamification, and more. To learn more about Badge Summit, simply visit bit.ly slash badge summit. All right, welcome back to the podcast, everyone. We're thrilled to be joined today by Claudio Zavala Jr. Claudio is an instructional technology coordinator at Duncanville Independent School District in Texas. He's a well-known educational creator and expert on all things design. Welcome to the show, man. Hey, thanks for having me on, guys. So to start out, why don't you share a little bit about who you are, where you're from, and your background in education a little bit. Sounds sounds good. So uh Right now, I'm based, I say right now, uh, for the 13 years I've been here in Texas, that's where I'm based now. And originally, I'm from California, grew up, raised in the southern, sunny San Diego. And people ask, why did you move? And I say, well, it's the cost of living. I have to uh, <laughs> raise some so kids. <laughs> so yeah. uh, food is very different here. Um, I miss the southern California, like taco, taco style, but um, it's still good. Um, so I... Uh, to see for about 13 years i was in the classroom uh, taught um, bilingual class english immersion class for those 13 years third fourth and fifth grade mainly and uh, then for the last 10 or so years i've been doing like anything from ed tech training uh, instructional technology uh, working with teachers in the classroom helping them integrate tech into uh, their lessons and um, and then whatever other jobs that are not listed on the on the job description <laughs> yeah <laughs> there's always those <laughs> <laughs> so, that's cool so i, I mean i've everything that I'm, I'm i'm a musician uh love photography like video so everything that i that's like part of me or what i do is is something that i try to integrate somehow into into whatever i do sharing with teachers or in the classroom Brad. So there's not many people out there right now with a better handle on creativity tools than you. And so I want to ask you about some of your other favorite tools in a second. We're going to we're going to get to those uh, like the big ones. But I'm curious if there's a tool that's underrated. What's out there that some people might not know a lot about? So I've written out, I've got a list of several here. So I'll, I'll pick a few here. Um, one that I that is a pretty slick little app. Um, it's made by GoPro. It's called Quick, and I don't think a lot of people know that that's there. And I guess because you think you have to have a GoPro to use it, but you, in fact, you don't have to have it. Um, hmm. I don't know if it's Android and iOS. I, I have iOS one, so. But basically, you drop in your video clips. Yeah. And Quick, basically, that's what it is. It's Quick. It'll it'll put all your videos together, and you just pick like a theme. It puts a soundtrack for you. You just kind of go through and like, oh, I like this one. I don't like this one. And then um, it has your audio in it. It has a music track. And then you just export it. And basically that's what it is. It's just to get something put together quick 
that you can share it on social media or, or put it on your website. Um, so it's one of those ones that are, it's like, I think it's not known by many that it's there and it's, uh, it's pretty easy to use. And that's awesome. Um, one of some other one here that I've played with some time ago, and it's one of those where I kind of go back and forth and, um, you know, seeing that we're seeing a lot of the, um, AR VR, and this is not, I don't think it's really AR, but, or VR per se, but it's like 3d. So it's called, and I hope I'm pronouncing it right. Fi use F Y U S C. Okay. And basically what you do is you'll, you'll put an object and you could even put an object on a table or even you can be outside and, and you tap on the screen and it takes like a wireframe of it and you kind of either walk around the object recording it or putting it like on a round table or something like that. And basically you're creating kind of like a, like a, a scan around the object, almost like if you were doing like a, like a 3d print of something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's pretty cool. So it's kind of combining video and photo together. So it kind of just puts it all together. So you share it with someone and then they, they'll turn their phone or just kind of swipe their phone and, you can see the front and the back of the object that you're taking. So pretty cool. Um, little, uh, little app. Very cool. And then, uh, one more here that I kind of enjoyed using lately. It's called Picasso P I K A Z O. And, um, it's kind of funny cause it almost sounds like Picasso, the artist, but, um, basically you drop in your photos and it gives you all these different artist filters. Oh, cool. And so, like uh, the other day, I th- what was I doing? Oh, um, cool. The uh, I forget what that piece. It looks like the Scream character. I make. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god, my oh. mind just goes blank. Um, so you can adjust how much of that filter gives to the, your photo. So it basically, converts your photo almost like to a little art piece. Oh, really love that. cool. Yeah, yeah. Really good creative tool for kids. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, and it and it's uh, it gives them that like, hey, look, I'm making a piece of art. So those like like my like my. Maybe an underrated ones that people really don't know about. But I, I would say go check those out. Really cool tools that you can create quickly, easily, and I think anybody can use it. So let's talk about another tool that I know you are by far an expert of. You're well, actually I would consider you be one of the most innovative users of the Flipgrid platform. And now that it's free, uh, most teachers are aware, I I believe, of what the basic uses of it are. You know that students can quickly record teacher can listen in on those recordings, but can you share some of those ideas for those that want to push beyond the boundaries of their classroom using a tool like Flipgrid? Oh yeah. Flipgrid is an amazing, amazing app and you can use it on any device, which is great. Um, one of the the features and, and it's constantly being updated. So that's one of the things is, is you start playing with it and like, Oh, there's something new. Um, a couple of things that, uh, and I don't know if people know about this, but the mixtape option that you have in Flipgrid. Basically, you know, those of us old school, we used to put a cassette yeah. tape and mix all these songs together. So you're kind of creating a, a mixtape of all the different responses that uh, either your students or teachers um, have replied to one of your questions or prompts, and you'll put it up onto this, basically this page, which is called a mixtape of all these different responses. And then basically you click play and it goes through every single one of the responses. So it just kind of loops through it. You Very don't have cool. to, um, you don't have to press like go to the next screen, which is great. I've been at presentations where I needed something to just scroll through responses and I had to drop it in like to a video editor, put it together. Well, this put those clips there and just let it play. It's great for like open house, uh, just kind of meet and greet type things. So uh, you just let it play and people can go and watch. Um, so that's something that you might want to check out. If you haven't played with the mixtapes, um, another great, great way of connecting with educators through Flipgrid is using their Grid Pals option. So when you log in, there's a there's a menu option that says Grid Pals. Yeah. Say I'm teach I'm teaching Spanish, uh, you know, high school Spanish, and I want to connect with another uh, Spanish teacher in a different state, even in a different country. Yeah. So you you look through this map and see where everyone's located, and you can put in your kind of like your credentials. You know, I teach. Uh, Spanish high school, and it'll show you all the everyone else who is uh, uh, connected with Flipgrid who teaches that same subject. That's amazing, and and you can connect with them. Say, hey, you know, uh, I'm interested in doing this project. Would you be willing to connect my class with your class? Most of the times, it's going to be yes because everybody who's kind of put their information there is like wants to connect with someone else. Absolutely, and, and I think it's great. Even uh, I've seen folks use it where I'm teaching Spanish here in the states. And I connect with a teacher, say, in 
in uh, Mexico or, or South America somewhere that's teaching English. Nice. And so we're, you know, great idea. They're teaching us Spanish. They're teaching us English and, and vice versa. So it's a great awesome. way. That's, that's a great, great way um, to connect. And they'll do it through Flipgrid or use like Skype or Google Hangouts. Um, one of the, uh, another, I've seen this done is, um, using Flipgrid. This is pretty cool. So I'm kind of going to go with like the, the music here, the singing or something yeah. like that. I've seen choirs do this. Um, and it's either do auditions, say for example, like, you know, I want to audition for, for a part, yes. either mm-hmm. for, for, for a musical or even for a drama and, uh, just say, Hey, just record yourself auditioning. And teachers, you know, they say there's hundreds of students that can watch all the students. Um, really maybe even even practice uh, their musical piece. Maybe there's a, a an exam or, you know, I want to uh, see how my students are doing playing this piece of music. And so they can sit, set their camera or phone and then record their piece. And then a teacher can watch and, and give a uh, reflection on, on their students' work. So uh, there's a couple of little ideas there that, I mean, beyond just like, hey, respond to the question. There's Love so it. many ways that you can connect with um, – I really like the connectivity piece of it, connecting with other educators and connecting your students, not just in your same building, but all over the world in reality. Very, very cool. So let's talk about another pretty popular tool that uh, that you talk about a lot, and that's Adobe Spark. So Adobe Spark seems to be uh, becoming a go-to uh, for creative teachers. Talk about what you can do with Spark. Where do its strengths lie? Um, and what what you love specifically about Spark? So if you're not familiar with Adobe Spark, there's uh, a series of three apps that you can download on your phone or on your computer. You can choose uh, either one of these three posts, which you can create graphics, video. You can create some really short, quick videos and then page, uh, creating a one kind of a one page website. What I love about all these apps in general is they've taken design features that professionals use. Uh, Adobe is like one of the leading uh, products for that in the industry of, of design, graphic design, movie industries. And they've taken a lot of these features and, and brought them down to folks, you know, teachers, students that don't have a, you know, I didn't go to school for graphic design. I went to school to become a teacher and there wasn't mm-hmm. like a, there wasn't a graphic design class for teachers. So uh, it gives everyone the ability to create, professional looking content that you would, that almost rivals what someone would create in a design agency. And uh, mm-hmm. anyone can do it. Students can create it, teachers. Um, and I, what I like about it too is the ability, if you have uh, Adobe, I'm sorry, Adobe, yeah, Adobe uh, for EDU, Adobe Spark for EDU. Yeah. And what that, what that does, there's a little bit of a setup in the background that um, like the network people have to do. And what it does, it gives K-12 and leave higher ed as well the premium features that are available in Spark. And premium features include branding of content. Nice. Uh, and then also the ability when you're fil- looking for images, photos, you can use all these free images. But it also filters it based on age level as well. So, Fantastic. Um, you know, high school students will see different content than lower age students. So if they're looking for a picture, you know, say of a beach, something won't come up. That's, you know, may seem like not inappropriate, but it's more art then sure. It'll be kind of filtered for the lower ones. But uh, what I love about that is it gives the student, this is, this is what I huge thing for me is it gives students not just, and teachers as well, the ability to brand their content, to create a, kind of their identity, which I think is, is a great, great way for someone to tell their story is a safe, who they are so you can you can add your own little logo and i think is great to help students like hey this is who you are create okay. a little piece Very little, cool. your signature or something and drop it on your your content mm-hmm. and uh i mean one of the one of the things that's huge that's big right now is you know people using content that someone else's and then not giving them credit well it's a great way for students to kind of put their name on their put their stamp on on something and say hey this is it becomes viral hey this I created it. That's that's my creation. That's my piece. And so it's easy to use. Uh, one of those what you see is what you get tools, whether you're doing the post, uh, video, or page. It's basically drag an image, drop it here, and you tell it what to do. There's no coding involved. 
and literally in, in seconds you can i'll say seconds maybe maybe minutes you can create sure, sure. an awesome looking website within minutes you can create an awesome little short video and then within minutes create amazing graphics that you want you can share anywhere so Claudia, one of the things that I have in common with you is just this passion for music, singing. Um, and you t actually took this passion and came up with this amazing idea to connect educators in a unique challenge called Sing a Song. Tell us more about that idea and how we can participate. Uh, yeah, this this was, uh, this. in fact, I, this just past two years that this started. Wow. That I, cannot I cannot believe it's still going uh, after two years. Thousands and thousands, literally of uh, teachers and students have viewed songs, uh, people singing on this sing-a-song Flipgrid. Uh, so what I did, like I said, two years ago, I was, I was driving my car. Okay. And <laughs> and it's kind of funny to listen to music in the car. But actually, I was, I'm was i kind of a, a news junkie. I like listening to news. But then at that time, um, everything was just like, oh, man, it's just de depressing. depressing. And, uh, you know, families arguing at each other, you know, uh, couples and spouses and friends, people that have always been friends for years, like, you know what, this is, this stuff is like breaking us apart. And I was like, you know, I need something uh, that brings us together. And so music, I've always enjoyed music. I've, like I said, I'm a musician all my life. And music is just one of those things. It's a universal language that we can all speak. Um, and I was like, you know, let's do something to, to bring us together. And that's basically what it was. You know, what would happen if we all would just sing a song together? That was my question. I posted it on Twitter, and a good friend of mine said, "Hey, you should try Flipgrid. Let's see, use Flipgrid." I said, well, "What's Flipgrid? All right, let me let me post this question." I I, nice. I did one of those things that um, made myself very vulnerable. As I sang a song on this Flipgrid and posted it on Twitter, and I was like, "Man, I'm, people are like, oh, <laughs> you're, you're a terrible singer." This, and I said, "You know what? Who cares? Uh, I have to take this leap and." So I posted it and then like wildfire, just like um, it, all of a sudden just started coming in. People were responding the the crew from Flipgrid were on there. They were singing songs as well. And then um, it's just amazing how we were able to get all these teachers uh, to sing. And, like, and I've had one teacher say, like, Claudio, I've never sung in front of people in all my life. This is the first time ever doing this. and And they did amazing. And I was like, that's I replied so awesome. to them. That's what's great because you can awesome. respond to other people. And like, you did amazing. And then people were like, hey, can my students sing? And I'm like, yes, yes. Have your students Bring sing. So I've, I've got many students that uh, from high school, elementary. Um, what's also, this was the awesome thing. This was blew me away. So I have a, a, a friend that I connected through Flipgrid. She's from Australia. Yeah. And her students, her students love to sing a song. They're like, they would literally practice all week to sing on Friday. And <laughs> it was, awesome. it was funny because uh, we were at IST last year and, and she goes, you know what, Claudio, I asked my students, like, what was the most uh, life changing thing that we did all year? And she's like, and they said, sing a song. They were like, wow. I couldn't believe it. They said, sing a song. I'm like, well, I say, well, that was, I said, that's awesome. She goes, yeah, but I wanted them to say like something else we did in class, <laughs> but sing a song. Can you believe it? It made me crack up. But, uh, <laughs> and it's just, it's, I think it's, it's one of those things where, um, I want to bring people together, uh, kind of uh, put things to the side, and there's something that we can have in common and get together and enjoy and have a good time. And that's really what what that was about. It's just coming together, singing a song, and and uh, kind of uh, just having a good good time. And Amazing. I think your question is how. So how can people get uh, get to participate? And this is open for anyone. Uh, so if you're listening, by all means, come on and sing a song so if you you can actually find it by going to this website is all spelled out hashtag sing a song dot com okay. so spell out hashtag don't put the little pound sign because it, it won't work <laughs> but hashtag sing a song dot com and just jump in there and have have at it have fun singing a song um so game of thrones Okay. Is back to, is back today. <laughs> oh my goodness! Uh, yes. This is Sunday, and we know you're a fan, and Glenn and I are, are pretty big oh, fans. Yeah. Uh, we're actually uh, we we just went through a, a list of, of questions um, earlier, so uh, we're going to ask you one of one of the questions. We won't we won't pressure you on okay. all of them. <laughs> um, so 
who dies first we know (laughs) we know listen we know that like half the big names are going to kick the bucket at some time um who dies first i i think someone's dying tonight i don't know well i have a i I have a sense that someone's someone's biting it tonight and i just want to know who dies first oh my gosh oh man that's this is um, great. The names are running through my mind right now. <laughs> I know who I, I there's probably people that you want to die. Yes. <laughs> who do you want to die the most? <laughs> oh my gosh. They're like, that's bad, Claudia. Um, <laughs> yes. I, I, I mean, I hope I say her name right. Like Cer- Cersei. Yeah. Cer- Cersei. Like, uh, Cersei. I'm like, yeah. man, she is so, so evil. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's like, man, but she's probably not going to be one that, that dies. Yeah. Um, you know, John already had come back. Yes, um, he can't die again. <laughs> yeah, I can't die twice. Um, man, as in, and the, the names are probably going to be like I'm going to ruin the names, but I'm like, man, he can't die. I, th- I think I think Cersei's going to die. I just don't think she dies. First. Yeah, no, I don't think she dies today. And I she's taking the whole world with her too. If anything, it's going to be that I like his character, uh, I, and I, I can't remember his name. He was uh, John's buddy. Kind of the, the heavy sick guy. Oh God, yeah, that would be brutal um, if he died. Who? What's his name? Yeah, the master. I can't think of his name. The uh, yeah, I know uh, who you're talking about. Okay, I, yeah, we know he, who you mean. Yeah, he's uh, he was the one that helped cure the yes. guy from that rock, that rock disease, whatever he had to. Um, yeah, exactly. But um, I, I don't know. That might be one of those ones where like, I can't that'd be a it. brutal. That yeah. would be a brutal early death. That would actually set the tone pretty well for a vicious season. But I, uh, I, don't, I don't know if they'll do. I don't. Yeah, I know someone's going to die, but I don't know if. Man, I wonder if anyone will die today. I don't know. I, I someone's got to die. Let's well, it's, it's got to be Game dramatic. Thrones. Six, <laughs> is it like six episodes this six, season? Six, I think. Yeah. Is it six or something? Yeah. yeah and each so, one is like yeah, a so, feature length film. So, <laughs> so, so, a lot so, of people. There's a so, lot of people that got to kick the bucket, man. Yeah, so, that's I mean, true. we got to. You got to get to it. <laughs> okay. Well, he's gonna. He's gonna be my guess. Oh man. He's gonna if, be my guess. If he does, man, you, that's a big call. Yes. That's a solid, solid prediction. Yeah. So, Claudio, how can people connect with you either through social media or on your website? Uh, they can find me at my website. It's IamClaudius.com, uh, like like Claudius Caesar. <laughs> and uh, you can find me on Instagram and on Twitter at Claudio Zavala Jr., um, either of those. Uh, that's pretty where I'm pretty much active is Instagram and Twitter. Yeah, Claudio Zavala Jr., thanks for joining us, man. Oh, thank you for having me. This was great. Really enjoyed it. All right, everyone, welcome back to the podcast. We're thrilled to have on the show today Dr. Amy Cooper. Amy is a second-grade teacher in St. Anthony, New Brighton, an author and an expert on digital badging, credentials, and you know, tons of other things. Uh, welcome to the podcast, Amy. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm happy to be here. So why don't you start um, by sharing a little bit about who you are, where you're from, your and your background, I guess, in education. Okay, great. So I've been in education um, for 15 years, ranging from kindergarten to higher ed, but primarily in grades K through three. Um, recently, I obtained my doctorate in um, leadership inquiry and transformation through Concordia, Portland, Oregon. So Amy, let's talk about badges. And unfortunately, lots of educators still view them as like those little traditional stickers that we used to get when, uh, at least when I was in elementary school. Tell our audience about what badges really are in education and how they can promote student choice and voice and even scaffold learning. Yes, um, definitely. It is unfortunate that there's a misunderstanding because they're such an amazing tool to use in the classroom. Um, a lot of it, I, I think, comes from the philosophy that the teacher has. There, there really needs to be a belief that students are an integral part of their learning um, and that the process of their learning, that the child is at the center of their learning, um, and that um, teachers view the need for intrinsic engagement where students are really invested in um, going after their grades and um and they care about um, that whole process. So badges, um, in case viewers haven't um, heard of them or aren't as familiar with badging as we are, um, they are, it's a physical, you can have a physical or an electronic representation of a skill 
or an achievement. Um, and students can show that they're learning in a variety of ways. So a student could attach a video, a voice, picture evidence, um, whatever might resonate with that student or um, depending on what the teacher is requiring um, the teacher, the student show their learning. So we talk a lot about, actually, we've talked to Noah, uh, the guy saw on the show various times about badges. And we also know that some teachers are overwhelmed by the concept of them, uh, how to even get started. Uh, there's so many free sites out there that can help you create and track them. Any of those specifically that you would recommend for them to go ahead and use or even you know, some words of wisdom of how to go ahead and get started with uh, badging as far as in their classrooms? Absolutely. Yes, it can feel very overwhelming. And um, I would, my biggest suggestion now that I'm back in the classroom and actually doing it myself, and even even beginning to feel a bit overwhelmed, starting it, um, I think the best place to go is just look at what you're already doing in the classroom. That could be so a lot of teachers, many teachers use Seesaw as a electronic portfolio. And CISA doesn't specifically state that they're using badging, but as students are engaging in any type of project, uh, you're able to go in and look at the specific skill and attach that to whatever the children uploaded into their electronic portfolio. So I think that's a, the best way to get going is just say, oh, am I already using Seesaw? Or there's, you know, different programs teachers use. It could be Raz Kids. It could be Newsomatic. There's different things teachers might be using um, electronically. And I would just say, just start by doing that and saying, well, can't my, this student has already showed that they know how to do um, two digit edition on CISA. Could I already attach that skill instead of offering them a paper copy test? They've explained their learning in a video. So why spend the time, you know, giving them an extra test if you already have that evidence in some way in your classroom? Awesome. So, I've um, recently left the classroom and I'm spending a decent amount of time reflecting on my my time at school. And I've mentioned it on the podcast a, a little bit. And I'm working on a blog post kind of, I don't want to call them regrets, just reflections on the path not taken. And I, I bring that up because you recently, you, you left the classroom for a few years and then you recently returned. Uh, so you're on the other side of this now. And I'd love to hear about your experience with that. How were the first few days, the first few weeks? And coming back, what do you think you what what did you make sure you did differently than you had done before you left? Absolutely. Um, well, leaving the classroom for a couple of years to um, primarily devote my time to research did offer a lot of time to reflect and I guess dream in a sense. Because yeah. when you're in the daily grind of you know, you have 25 young lives and everything attached to that. You often um, leave the opportunity to say, boy, it would be so cool if I could try this and dream. So I had the time to research, um, reflect and kind of dream about the type of lessons I might want to do when I go into the classroom. And then I have the reality going back into the classroom, which was uh, an intimidating feeling heading back into the classroom after being away for two years. Um, mm -hmm. I was hoping it would be like getting on a bike and riding again. And um, <laughs> it did. It turned out that it, it that's how things worked. Um, and there were definitely some things that I got rid of. One of them was just my feelings related to teaching in that relationship of we have standards we're expected to teach. And sometimes we go by the book to, to meet those standards and we're not meeting the needs of our students. I wasn't meeting the needs of my students. Instead, I was looking at the curriculum first and the student next. When I went back into the classroom, I decided I want to look at exactly who my students are. Who's my audience? Who am I teaching to? And what do these children need? So when I went back, um, I put a lot of choice into all of their projects um, and wanted to have student voice involved. And really, and we talk about ditching the book, but really that's what I did is ditch the book and said, okay, there's these standards that we have. Um, first, what do my students need and how can I make that learning engaging and interesting and fun and lively. 
and the standards will fall into place when that's there. You know, for example, um, I'm having my students pick out one thing, anything they're interested in and create that passion project. And then they show their learning in any way they want. That's why I did the badging or, you know, the skilling out is they show their learning, you know, the Venus flytrap, for example. Well, I can attach the standards in second grade to all of those areas. So first letting them lead their learning and then worrying about the standards after. It's amazing. I I love, and you, you've kind of spoke to this a little bit, so that's great. I love how hands-on your your class seems to be what is it about these sort of activities crafts and you do a lot of making like a lot of building things um, and, and the like that appeals to you. And what do you find your students uh, or do you find your students enjoy these tasks? And I'll be honest, I, I just from looking at the pictures and watching the videos, your, your class just seems like a lot of fun. And I think that fun has to come first in a lot of cases because if kids aren't having fun, they're, they're not going to be engaged, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, so I tend to try to offer choice. So let's say we're doing a, a lesson on measurement. Uh, I'll say if you want to, you could, you have the option to do this um, worksheet, or you can decide to plan, plan and create a blueprint for a treehouse using measurement and then show your learning in that way. So you, the students are deciding how they want to show their learning on any specific area. Um, and I, I do. I want them engaged. I w- the hope is that they'll leave the day and they'll be like, that was an awesome day. I'm, I want to go back. I, want, I yeah. want to be here. I'm excited to be in class. So, Amy, if our audience wants to connect with you to like maybe share some ideas or be able to go ahead and collaborate on something, how, what's the best way for them to be able to connect with you? Yeah, I, I would say Twitter. So at Amy Cooper 100, if they follow me on Twitter or um, want a message about anything, I'd love to connect. I'm on LinkedIn as well. And I have a blog, uh, just drcooper.blog. Awesome. Very cool. Dr. Amy Cooper, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to On Education. My name is Mike Washburn. My co-host is Glenn Irvin. Want to get in touch with us? Check out our website at oneducationpodcast.com. You can tweet us at oneducationpod. Glenn is at Irv Spanish on Twitter. I can be found on Twitter at Mr. Washburn. You can find us on Facebook by visiting facebook.com slash oneducationpod. If you're enjoying the show and think others would too, we'd love if you shared it with them. Please leave us a rating or review in the Apple Podcast or Google Play Store. When you leave a rating, it gives our rankings a boost and this helps others discover the show. We want to thank our presenting sponsor, Schoology, for supporting us. Check out Schoology.com to learn how they can help you advance what's possible. Thanks as always for listening. Stay awesome and we'll see you soon.